0: Join them as they talk about why it is always worthwhile to take care in business. Hi, Kathy. Hey, Vicky. So we're doing things a little differently today. Yes, we are. <laughs> <laughs> I am going to interview you, my friend,
1: and and I'm excited about
0: it. <laughs> well, good. Um, I think that uh, it's it's due time that we talk about the new company you purchased but also how you um, really got interested in CSR. I don't know if uh, the listeners know our history, um, but you are really the reason that my company, Bolson Group, is a B Corp certified company. Well, thank you. And um, so I owe it to you because it's been um, probably one of, uh, not probably, it's the thing I'm the most proud about um, with Bolson Group. and I didn't even know what it was when you suggested it. So I'm just going to talk a little bit about the history of that so that we can insert your expertise um, and how you got interested in it. But for those of you who don't know, um, I hired Kathy, what was it, four years ago? I
1: think longer than that. I think it was like five. Five years
0: ago to come in and really help Bolson Group with its strategic planning. We had been in business three or four years, and... um, I just, we were, you know, we were all over the place kind of with the kinds of clients that we serve. And um, Kathy came in and uh, immediately did an assessment and uncovered the way that I wanted to, to do business and the kinds of clients we wanted to work with. And she said, "Vicky, you should become B Corp certified." And like I said, I didn't even know what it was. So um, she, you led me to the B Labs website, which has a free assessment tool. And um, and I, I just as soon as I looked at it, I knew that I at least wanted to read what the, the questions were. But then you had the wise idea that we should take the entire assessment. And go through our strategic planning as we went through the assessment right and it's a great tool it, it really is it, it really is and um, and it was it was the best move that you could make because one I got through the whole assessment and also you guided me through the whole process um, with assignments each week <laughs> right. you kept me on track <laughs> and and it wasn't too much um, Cracking the I, whip. Did yeah. I never miss a deadline? You never missed it. You're uh, always your I, perfect student. I'm, I'm so glad to hear that. Um, but but what would happen, which was just fascinating, is it would ask questions that you know maybe we were already doing things in that space, but it would it was kind of like a what do you call that? Is it um, skip logic when you when you ask you're asked a question yes. and then it yeah, so it would lead me to the next right. Um, if I said yes, or I had a good answer, I guess it would take me to the next, you know, question on that path. Yeah, on that path. And so we would, for instance, I remember one specifically, it was, you know, what percentage of local vendors do you use? And so I do my homework and involve my team and we'd figure it all out. And we'd report back to you that it was, gosh, Kathy, it's like in the 90 percentile. Mm -hmm. And, And you would tell me how great that was. And we'd answer the question and then it'd move on. And it would say, is this a company policy? Mm -hmm. And then we would say, well, it's not, but it should be. And so we'd make it a policy. And then it would say, do you have it in your handbook? And we'd put it in our handbook. And then it would say, do you onboard staff with this policy? And so we'd you know, we'd um, institutionalize making sure that when we had a new employee starting that we communicated to them that that was a policy. Um, And so we went through that. It took us four or five months or something like that. Yeah,
1: it was a while. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I would say it it took longer, I think, than we both anticipated. Mm
0: -hmm. And I think that was because we quickly learned early on that, um, you know, we we were taking it seriously. And I think I was starting to think, well, maybe I will be certified, you know, because it was, it was just really revealing. Um, anyway, uh, you need 80 points to be certified. Right. And um, how many? And do it's we 80 have?
1: out of 200, That's which is right. right, because that sounds like it's really easy as opposed to 80 out of 100. Uh-huh. Right. But 80 out of 200, but 80 out of 200 is still very
0: ambitious.
1: And mm-hmm. yeah, I think first pass you got 90, and then I think it was up to 100. Right, the right. first time through.
0: Yeah, it was it was it was pretty pretty wild, and they were so organized. You know, they were so helpful, and so anyway, at the end of it, I think we did have a hundred or close yeah. to it, and we became we became certified. But the reason I first hired you um, was because you're a philanthropic expert, so. I, I know, but your listeners don't know, <laughs> where you went to school and how you got interested in this to begin with.
1: Sure. So really, my interest in this, well, kind of dates back to childhood, but we, won't, we don't have nearly enough time to talk <laughs> about that. But um, really, it hits back to my second job out of college when I worked for a law firm called uh, Oxen Den in Columbus, Ohio. And they hired me as their first marketing director. That was sort of when marketing direct law firm marketing directors were coming about. And so they hired me, and really part of my job was to help promote. We weren't ambulance chasers because that was the big joke. Are, are you chasing <laughs> ambulances? No, this was a very prestigious, um, very high quality uh, corporate firm. And my job was really to promote the organization as a whole and to help the attorneys there, the individual attorneys you know, elevate their profiles, and a lot of that really had to do um, with getting involved in the community, and that was something that the law firm was very supportive of, so it was founded by uh, Mel Schottenstein, Ben Zox, and Harvey Dunn, and um, Mel Schottenstein, very well known in Columbus, and was a very philanthropic man, a very socially responsible um, very community-minded at that time. Really, social responsibility was about being community-minded. And so um, he really was, and, and that was what I worked on a lot. And uh, Shot and Scenes Zoxenden also had a really unique corporate culture. They had a bar every <laughs> Friday mm. um, at, I think, 5 o'clock, and you would come down. And so they really encouraged, like, the employees to come down. I and mean, you can see that now, but in the 90s, that was like, What? Um, but they really wanted their partners and all the attorneys and the staff to kind of get to the opportunity to socialize and to enjoy that um, time together, get to know each other on a different sort of level. And so it was a really unique fit. And at that point, I decided I was going to um, quit the job there because I had kind of done what I needed to do. And I was very interested in philanthropy and decided to move home to Indianapolis, much to the chagrin of my parents, not the moving home part. But (laughs) they had hoped I would go to law school. And I said, hey, I'm going to go get my degree in nonprofit management. They were like, my (laughs) gosh, are you ever going to get a paying job? And so that's really where it started. Shot and seen, Zox and done. They they really knew how to do business, um, how to use business as a force for good. And so um, studied in graduate school and actually did a capstone project on uh, corporate social responsibility and cause-related marketing at the time. People thought that was a really cute and kind of passing notion. And um, it's just continued to build. Mm-hmm. So it's been something that I've been involved with for a very long time.
0: Well, and like I said, that that's really why I hired you. So I, I should probably go back and say why I hired a philanthropic expert to help me with strategic planning, but it was really mainly because I was trying to figure out my pro bono program, Right, and I had told you that, and you said, you know, I'll come in, and I'll just help you, you know, with your strategic plan, and I think it was partially that, but you also knew the things that, that I desired for my staff and uh, the way I engaged with the community and client relationships yeah, and that absolutely. kind Yeah, of absolutely. And so you, I, I, and that's really why you suggested we become B Corp certified because you uncovered by talking with me and executive management team that it was a desire for the company, it was right. our mission and our values. Right, You and wanted
1: to use your business as a force for good. Right,
0: right. And
1: so, and that was very evident from um, just pretty much every every aspect of how you do business. So mm-hmm. it was a great fit and obviously <laughs> did very well on the assessment, which, again, is not an easy thing to do. And it was a really fun process to go through.
0: Mm-hmm. And then what happened was uh, after we got certified and we were the first in the state uh there was something else going on that um, confused people in the state of Indiana. Right, right. Let's talk about that. Sure.
1: So benefit corporation legislation was also passed around the same time. I think it was signed into law July 1st of that year, and you you got your certification, I think, in May. So it was you got your certification, and then the, the legislation passed. So they're two separate things, but they're really related. So... B Corp certification is a third-party certification conferred by the um, nonprofit B Lab out of Philadelphia. And that is exactly what you did, which was go through and take the assessment. And basically, the assessment says, hey, this company says they do things um, to benefit more than just themselves, to benefit society. And this is a really good tool to measure that. And it's an independent measurement of that. So there's B Corp certification. And then there's also... Benefit Corporation legislation, which established benefit corporations as an actual legal entity within the state of Indiana. Um, and that was signed into law by Mike Pence. And um, basically, now when a company organizes, you s- you establish your Articles of Incorporation and in your bylaws, and you can elect to become a corporation Um, or or an LLC or sole proprietorship, whatever that is, but in the corporation realm, you can now designate to be a C-Corp, an S-Corp, or a benefit corporation. And a benefit corporation basically um, says we are a company that exists to uh, make money, but also to benefit society. And so there's a couple of requirements that are sort of overlapping there with B-Corp certification. One is that you need to state your goals um, your societal goals and you need to make that very transparent you need to complete a uh, annual report every year where you measure that and publish that you have to have a benefits director on your board of uh, benefits officer on your board of directors somebody that comes in and says hey we really are you know an independent person that says hey are you really doing what you're supposed to be doing for society, so yeah, it was kind of confusing and kind of cool at the same time because it, I think, both sort of propel each other, mm-hmm. even though it is a little confusing.
0: Yeah, and I think you were getting a lot of calls because people in town know that, you know, this is your area of expertise, and I was getting a lot of calls just from curious people and right. and also wanting to, kind of. Uh, Better understand and asking me if I was going to become also a benefit corporation, which we elected not to. But, and so, in order to streamline all those coffee date requests and lunches, and because I so wanted to talk to everybody, but I just couldn't, like, you know, we started a PowerPlay series. Um, Bolson Group does one every year, and we decided that our topic for that year would be on. Corporate Social Responsibility. Right. And so and we co-led it. And so we just, along the way, became super, super passionate about it. And then we decided to start writing a book. And then a couple chapters in. (laughs) Oh, come on. I don't know that it was a couple chapters. (laughs) It
1: might have been a couple pages. (laughs) Oh, well, we had,
0: well, we, yeah, well, that's because I was writing one chapter at the time and you were writing one and that was when I had the idea we should do a podcast instead, which I am really glad that we decided to do that. Yeah, I am too. Um, and we've had some great, great guests on our last couple of seasons. And uh, this season we had Newman's Own On, which is a 100% of profits to charity company uh, that was Paul Newman's vision. And now you have bought a company yes. uh, that is going to um, do the same thing. I right. mean, that's incredible. 100% of profits to charity. Right. And your company is called Best Buy and Company. I'm sorry. Best Boy and Company. I had to go to Best Buy on my way here. And okay, buy. Yeah. yes. Sorry about that. <laughs> Best Boy and Company. And it's, it's it's a great brand. Why Best Boy? Why did you choose to do this? Well, I really think this
1: was just um, sort of, you know, serendipitous. Um, doing consulting for all this year, these years, you know, it's great to be a consultant. You come in, you get to see a lot of stuff. But I haven't really ever done this before, right? Like led a company that has these sort of initiatives. And so Best Boy um, is a condiment company. We produce high quality condiments. It was started by a gentleman by the name of Wayne Shive uh, in Roanoke, Indiana, right outside of Fort Wayne. And um, Wayne and I had gotten to know each other and really talked about sort of the this whole give back and Um, In the course of getting to know each other, it came up that he was interested in selling the business, and he said, "You know, would you like to buy the business?" And really, at the time, I thought, "My goodness, what do I know about condiments?" Well, I eat them a lot, and I (laughs) and I enjoy them a lot. And actually, um, my friends know me as being a bit of a foodie and a bit of a cook, and so there was certainly a passion for that, but. Wayne's real intent was to try and transfer the ownership of this company to someone who truly believed in and would care for and steward this whole mission of 100 percent of profits to charity. And um, I it's what what we do. It's what I do. Mm -hmm. And so it was a really wonderful opportunity to sort of marry the the interest of the food and then also to a lifelong passion Mm -hmm. and really kind of put it Put it to the test. Can the girl make it work?
0: Oh, and they're so good. I've had um, the real grainy mustard, which yep. is called what's that one called? Whole grain. Whole grain. That's brand new. Yep. Oh my gosh! I, I I got these pretzel pita chips, and while I was making dinner the other night, after you gave me a jar, I uh, I told the kids here while I'm making dinner because they were starving, yeah. chomping at the bit. I said, just have some of this, yes. and they were just raving about it. Oh,
1: that's awesome! And yeah. of course,
0: we've had all the dessert sauces before, right. and even served them at a dessert bar for somebody's birthday recently. So, oh, that's cool. Um, they're, it, it's amazing. But what I think is also so cool about Best Boying Company is the um, the, the branding, um, and not just the wonderful packaging, but but. The the, Wayne and he has his dog involved and I'm I'm wondering you know with this transfer of ownership how what are you going to be doing?
1: Well you know we really want to honor the intent of what Wayne set out to do. We're making a couple of little changes. Um, The the intention and Wayne's giving was really um, a little bit more broad. He did some local things but it was really just 100% to charity and to uh, charities that benefited um, kids and families. And so um, I'm really interested in in moving that more to local charities, hundred um, percent to local charities, and definitely still embracing that um, to the benefit of children and families. but we've really narrowed that scope down a little bit into um, the health, safety, um, and self-sufficiency of uh, kids and families. So, that's
0: a little bit different. Mm, that is that 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 is. But I'm since the products are available nationwide. Uh-huh. Um, but you you will be giving to local charities. Correct. That are in that 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 purview. Correct. Okay. And
1: really, um, we are looking to launch sort of a very unaff it's an official grant program, but um, a very easy grant program. Where we'll have a one page application available. But. We want to steer, not steer clear of, we just, there's so many folks that fund the big ones like American Cancer Society, Share Our Strength, I mean, these large organizations, and that's wonderful. Mm -hmm. Um, But we would like to try to use the brand to benefit the local communities. So Mm -hmm. organizations that are, um, that, that work in those areas that are local and that also, so what does local mean if you're national, which is basically your question. So it would be places where Best Boy is sold um we would give some preference to that as well
0: the other question I want to ask you is you know and I we've talked about this a lot and I don't know if you have all the answers but what kind of changes do you think that you're going to make when the um when the I mean I know you've closed and you have ownership but what changes do you think you're going to make
1: yeah well Wayne is the founder of the Of the company and um, a lot of the company was really built around his personality and his recipe ideation and staying up really late at night and coming up with great recipes Um, and while we're very interested in in preserving the recipes that we currently have um, and he will continue to be involved in recipe ideation we really the first and foremost our goal with this is, is quality products for sure But we want to sell a lot so that we can give a lot. And so we're really looking at some of our flavor profiles to make sure that it's products that people want to buy and they buy a lot of. Mm -hmm. Right. So a a jar of mustard, which is those our mustards are probably, I think, our, our top selling product, our lead product. And they're wonderful. We will never get rid of those. but. We want something that maybe you use a lot more than than. It. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. we're, we're kind of looking at that because, again, we want to sell more so that we can give more.
0: Right. I get that because, you know, I have a salad dressing recipe where I always use literally the same brand of a condiment right. in it yes. every time. So when you say that, you mean you want somebody who's like they buy it time after right. time after right. it's a staple. Right, right. and
1: right. And our products, as you know, they're – They are really high-quality, premium products, and I think they kind of give that special edge to, you know, if you're having a dessert party and you have this Mm -hmm. caramel ginger sauce, which is pretty unusual, that's awesome, and we are going to keep that, but we also want to add things that turn over more quickly. Right, yeah, I get it.
0: So how did Wayne come up with um, this idea himself?
1: Well, he um, is a very successful businessman within his own right. He this was a retirement career. He was like retired for I don't know 14 minutes, and decided <laughs> he had a successful career in healthcare and construction and oh my goodness, so many different things. Very very wise man and smart and super fun to work with too. But he got bored 14 minutes after he retired <laughs> and decided that hey, I'm going to make all these recipes. I think he drove his wife Anne sort of half nuts, you know, waking Mm. up in the middle of the night and making this stuff. And he probably didn't clean up the kitchen either, but (laughs) I don't know about that. Uh, But then, you know, he had such business acumen that he wanted to really monetize this. And uh, I shouldn't say monetize, but really commercialize this. And he didn't want to monetize it because he has, again, had a very successful career. And so he thought, you know, hey, I can kind of use... All of these this business experience that I've had, plus this passion that I have. And you know what? let's let's use an example like Newman's own, and let's give it all away. He wasn't looking to make any money from the company. And so, in fact, never took a penny from it. so
0: gosh. yeah, it's 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 such a neat story. And you know, you and I know that people who are um, really into social entrepreneurship, that they, they have the heart for it you know and he had this thing that he loves but yet he you know he didn't want to you know benefit personally right. from it so it's it's just such a lovely story and um your new tagline is it great taste for the
1: great taste for the greater good and actually yeah, that's that's, that's a that's a Leftover from him, which I think is a great tagline. So great taste for the greater good. It's products that taste good and that people can feel great about buying because
0: um, they're doing something to help others. Okay, so where can people find these products?
1: Well, we are available um, various parts of the country, mostly east of the Mississippi um, from very small uh, novelty kind of stores. I think you saw it maybe in your wine I saw store it at, or something. Yeah, I did. Um, and then we also have a great relationship with Kroger, um, Fresh Time, Earth Fair, some of the bigger, more, you know, broadliner grocery stores.
0: Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, what about social media website? and Social like media.
1: That? So we have well, we have a website which is www.bestboyandco.co.com. We also are on Facebook, which is Best Boy ampersand Co. period, and then an uh, Instagram. It's Best Boy and Co. Okay,
0: and I want to ask one more question. Sure. Because while we have the philanthropic expert in our presence, <laughs> oh, dear, um, we can't get any better tips from anyone other than you. So we always ask our listeners, as you know, what kind of tips uh, would they give? to others who are interested in this area so have at it Kathy.
1: So I think it's just the authenticity and I guess that's not something to say just but it really needs to be something that an organization from the from the very very top takes seriously and embraces and you and I both know we're called out to meet with the companies and they sort of want you to quote-unquote sell you on this idea of why is it good and does it make money and you know, as we talked to Newman's Zone before, they've given away over $500 million. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very viable business uh, model, but it it really needs to have that integrity because people smell when that mm-hmm. doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And um, there's certainly other ways to make money that are a lot easier than trying to snow the, snow the consumer or your employees or whatnot.
0: Mm-hmm. It's just It just feels like the right thing to do, Yeah, you know? Yeah. And I think that's how we came up with our name, uh, Taking Care in Business. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, this was super fun. It was. I, I, I think you thank were my you favorite interview. Me. You are so welcome. <laughs> Let's give a big thank you to Matthew Sosi, our podcast engineer. You can visit the Taking Care in Business website at takingcareinbusiness.com. Or just visit
1: us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook at Taking Care in Biz. That's Taking Care in B I Z. If you have questions or comments, you can email us at any time at info at TakingCareInBusiness.com.
0: Thank you for joining us today, and until next time, take, take care, care in, in business. business.